Welcome to Street Fight Radio, the basement show. I am your host, Brian Quinby. Uh, and I have a co-host come in this week for this basement show, and it's my co-host, John Cullen. An hey. actual one of my an actual one of my co-hosts. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We've been doing a it's our it's the three-year anniversary of POD cast next month. It's crazy that it's uh, survived this long. I know, and I bet you never thought you were gonna. This is like the first time John's really been in contact with like anarchists and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that, uh, yeah, I guess if I had to think about guesting on Street Fight or guest hosting Street Fight, rather, um, I feel like I would have been probably fairly far down the list of people that uh, you would ask to co-host the show. But, oh. apparent, but apparently not. But I guess it makes sense. You and I have been doing a show together for a long time now. We're pretty comfortable with each other. Um, I'm just glad this isn't live because I'd probably be scared of your listeners. Oh, our listeners are some of the nicest of all time. I mean, I, 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 I yeah. And, and have you ever been, I mean, do you do like, because I know you're not like an ultra political guy. No. Uh, yeah. But you have politics. You do believe in a lot of the same shit that yeah. i do oh yeah yeah have you have you ever done the like i go to a protest i i see all the have you ever seen like a black block in person or anything like that any of that shit no see because i live in vancouver british columbia canada where a lot of the protesting that gets done here is not the type of protest you want to be caught up in yeah if you know, well, if you, if you know what i mean <laughs> it's mostly right like like uh garth mullen is a guy yes. that i've become acquainted with over the years yes. because he his producer is a listener to street fight and uh asked if he could come on and then i did crackdown with him well, okay i'm, yeah, I'm right. on an episode of crackdown talking about you know my rehab situation and when i went to rehab back in you know i think 2000 fucking four or five or but it had to have been 2005 or six because Gwen was already born. It's kind of what when you're like fucking going through <laughs> when you're going through withdrawals with like a fucking six month old kid in the house, <laughs> you start to think like, this probably isn't like the best way. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was a good thing to go to rehab, actually. I, yeah. At first I was like, I don't think I want to go here. But now I'm sort of realizing maybe this was the right call. Dude, it's so funny because like the the day before I went to rehab, I was working in a basement uh, uh, trying to fix some guy's cable, but I was at his house for at least four hours and I wasn't doing anything <laughs> at all. I was just in his basement, like touching the cable. So he thought I was working. <laughs> did he ever question like the last time the cable guys came he was out here in like 15 minutes why is this guy been here for four hours did he ask questions no because people don't know how it works right so they just figure like you know if i'm over there unhooking cable from a splitter and then hooking it back into the splitter again and then unhooking it like i was just doing stuff that looked like somebody was doing work in the basement of this guy's house and i kept going back out to the van because that's a common thing sometimes right you know, oh i gotta go get i left something in the van 
Yeah. And I go out to the van and I would be trying to call my drug dealer like out at the van and this fucking guy. Oh my God. So, you know, those Nextel phones, do you remember that? Or were you mm -hmm. not was, uh, yeah. So I, I had that for work. I had a Nextel for work, a walkie talkie. Yeah. And, uh, my drug dealer also had a Nextel. <laughs> and that was uh, the major selling point for him is when he, when he <laughs> took out ads in the local paper. I got and a Nextel. If you got a Nextel, let's hook it up. This guy. Well, uh, actually, the funniest thing about this guy is like he'd been selling me drugs for years, like weed when I was a, like a teen. He he wasn't much older than me, but like I think he was like a year or maybe we so were he was like the age. typical uh, the way they paint drug dealers and anti drug commercials where it's like, oh, they'll give you weed to get you hooked, but then they just want to sell you harder drugs, harder and harder drugs as life goes on. Like that's actually what happened to you. Yeah. And he had <laughs> weed and acid. But what happened to me actually was a kidney stone. Oh, okay. And uh, I fucking got this goddamn fucking kidney stone that I swear to you, John, it fucking lasted. This ordeal lasted three months. This ordeal lasted. So I was the kidney stone or you're just yeah. having or you're having multiple. No, it was to pass one kidney stone. Oh, and I God. was a maniac at the time, believe it or not. Um, I was fucking nuts. And I, I know the first time I went to the hospital with the kidney stone, they're like, you got a kidney stone, you know, it'll pass. Just take this funnel home and uh, pee through this funnel until you see a stone fall into the funnel and then they assured me it didn't hurt coming out of your dick hole which i don't know what i believe there actually i think they just tell you that <laughs> right yeah you, know, you, you want to say that too it. you want to believe that is true so badly that you're like oh okay well at least it won't hurt when it comes out of my dick hole they're like your fucking p-tube is like way wider than you think i think is really what they they didn't say p-tube but they said like your urethra is much bigger than you might think it is. Which I feel okay? like you also don't, I don't really want to hear that either. Somehow, like somehow <laughs> that would make me think like it's my fault or something. Oh, don't, don't worry. You got a big fucking urethra. And it's, <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't even believe what could pass through. Like, I would just think it was my fault. I wouldn't think like, oh, everybody has that. I would be like, oh no, that's horrible. But, but the way you bring that up, John, it makes me think I kind of wish my urethra was a lot bigger so it could just be a, like a one second pee i won't have to stand at the turlet and pee forever if my urethra was like really round so it just came out like a bucket and then that also guarantees you got a you know a large hog this sounds great i'm gonna get my my pee tube get your get your people on this <laughs> i thought that's what you're gonna say i'm gonna get my people on making my urethra way bigger it might make plastic it, surgery would it be hard that would coming coming would be way different if your urethra was massive like it'd be it'd be like molasses like slowly running down a hill or i guess in this case up 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 a hill just sort of slowly falls out over the course of hours <laughs> no i don't like that idea Maybe i don't know why i imagine that pissed like runs fast but come i guess it's yeah it comes way more viscous so it would probably go, go a lot slower my plan was to get like I thought if you got a vasectomy, you could still feel the orgasm, but nothing came out. And oh, I was yeah. like really into the idea of doing that until I found out that's not true. Something comes out. So it's yeah. like, 
I mean, what's the point, really? You know, I had the same thing, and my wife uh, works in healthcare, and so <laughs> so we were talking about that and uh, talking about me eventually having a vasectomy, and I was just like, "Yeah, it's just going to be really weird, though, like coming and then like nothing comes out." She's like, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Well, isn't that what happens? Like it, they cut off the." <laughs> They cut off the supply line and she's like, no, you fucking moron. Like, I don't know what, but I know lots of guys. I think that's what we think it is, right? Like, yeah, more guys would get it too. I think more guys get it thinking that like fucking no cleanup, man. This is great. Well, that's true too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would be a good, a good side effect of a vasectomy. <laughs> but yeah, I get this fucking kidney stone and the doctor tells me it'll pass, but we won't know if it passes unless I pee through a fucking funnel. But I was like, I ain't fucking peeing through a funnel. I'm not going to take that thing to work. You know what I mean? Carrying a piss funnel to work. What the fuck? So. So uh, I, I'm like, eh, you know, it stopped hurting. So I'm like, eh, it probably passed. But they gave me so many fucking Percocets. It was a for people now that can only get like five percocets when you go for like you know some procedure they're like here's five percocets you know take one quarter of one every 17 hours and and you'll be okay um but they gave me so many and uh like i think it was like 30 or 40 which is a crazy amount and uh I took all of them and loved it very much. And then one day my back started hurting again. Same damn kidney stone. Go right back to the emergency room. Uh, they tell me pee through this funnel. It'll pass. I go, I'm not going to pee through a fucking funnel. And uh, I just assume it passed because it stopped hurting. And they gave me 30 more Percocets. <laughs> And I was just like, man, this is fucking crazy. And you know, you're paying like $5 to get the prescription. I know you guys don't pay anything, but you're paying like $5 to get a prescription filled for something that is worth so much on the street, you know? Yeah. Like, God. And then but I, you never and, thought of selling them because you liked them too much. I did. I mean, you know what happens in, uh, uh, in Ohio at, at that period is if, if something happens to you ever, people, would call you or or one text at the time but like people would like call you immediately after you got hurt and say hey how many of those you get like i had a boss at work that one time called me and said hey how how many painkillers did they give you because he wanted he wanted me to sell him mine there were just so many of them everywhere and it was so easy to get. But yeah, that day I was at work, my drug dealer wasn't answering the phone and I was like fucking melting down about it. And I was just like, I gotta, I think I gotta get off these fucking things. And, uh, you know, did the rehab thing and got kicked out of rehab, but I still don't really pop pills anymore. So unless I can get them, but I've also made this big rule in my life <laughs> to not have a drug dealer. You know what I mean? They can get me right. pills. I, like right. that's why I don't even have a weed dealer anymore. I just I went and got my medical card so I wouldn't have to like because you go talking to a drug dealer and they're like, oh yeah, I got some little, fucking couple extra little things here that you might want to get into, and you're like, ooh, okay. You're like I do want to, I do want to get into those. Yeah, yeah. We met Garth, and he does so much stuff there in 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 Vancouver for like, you know, 
I've seen some of the like homeless stuff that he's done. Like, and you've told me the road that the, there is like a, a really pretty wild section of town mm -hmm. yeah. in Vancouver that I, I mean, I would love to go to. Yeah, it's a it's it's especially wild right now because they the cops do this every like uh, every few years. They decide that they're gonna not allow it to happen. But the problem is that it's such an endemic thing. Yeah, it's basically so it's on this street, East Hastings, and it's basically about five city blocks. But there's like two city blocks that are like an extreme concentration of of homeless people. Uh, who's basically just like, yeah, they take over the sidewalks. It's like a big swap meet. They have tents up, whatever, whatever. And then <clears throat> every few years, uh, the cops decide, okay, we're not allowing this to happen anymore. And then they go in and try to violently remove people. And it never works because there's way too many people. And also like, it's, you know, it's the government's fault. It's even gotten to this point because they shut down <laughs> the tent city they did have. They had a tent city in a park. Um, that was not bothering anybody. It was, it was like a park close by East Hastings. They had a tent city. They shut that down. Then they relocated the tent city. Then they shut that down too. And so it's like, well, where do you want these people to go? Like, I don't know what they think is going to happen, you know? Um, so yeah, so it's been recently over the last like month or so where they've decided that they're going to start, uh, that they're going to start trying to like shake people down, but it just never works. They just, all it ends up doing is like senselessly like killing a few people, hurting a bunch of people, and then they eventually give up, and then it just goes back to the way it was. And and it just is baffling to me that they don't seem to understand that there are ways that they could quote unquote fix this. Fix is maybe not the right word, but you know what I mean. There are ways that they could sort of disperse this. You know, if they didn't want it to be all concentrated in one section of town or. You know, there are things they could be doing to help these people, but they're not. So mm -hmm. they don't seem to understand, well, oh, if we just get violent with them every couple of years, that'll change something. It's like, well, no, it won't. Yeah. Well, that's what they're doing here now. In, in Columbus, there is a, a place called Camp Shameless that is in a neighborhood that is not, uh, it's not like a, uh, uh, look, it's not like a rich neighborhood. You know what I mean? And it's not, even a place that developers are eyeing i don't believe i don't i walk over there sometimes i don't see like the big development things and like they're next to a church and and the church doesn't care they're fine with it they have porta potties they have uh trash pickup and they have tents and it's just this thing that like the neighbors even don't mind. Like they go over and hang out with them and give them stuff. And, and the people that are there will like mow the lawns and stuff for people in the neighborhood. And it's just this place that like, you know, if you're, if you're homeless, you, you really like, it's weird. The world we live in where it's like, you're just, it's like, you're not allowed to be homeless where <laughs> it's like, but you aren't giving away houses either. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. That's the thing that doesn't make any sense to me. It's, 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 I don't know. I like, I don't find like, I, you know, I've been, I lived in Vancouver for basically my whole life. I moved here when I was 13. I didn't grow up downtown, but I've been living in Vancouver proper for about 10 years. And I've spent a lot of time in that neighborhood and in and around that neighborhood. And it's not, 
it's never felt dangerous to me. Mm-mm. It's like people who have problems and, you know, addiction problems and mental health problems, but it's not like, like I just, I'm saying that I think to your listeners, that would be mostly obvious, but I think to like the people in Vancouver, you know, that's how it gets framed is like, oh, well, you know, we've got to try to quote, clean this up because it's a, you know, it's a danger to society or whatever. And it's like, well, no, it's not what? really. You know, What's that's the part that's just, yeah, it just, it, it's very strange to me. And it's exactly what you said. It's like, you know, especially in Vancouver, they're not, you know, even social housing still costs an unbelievable amount of money relative <laughs> to, you know, like the average, the average rent of a, of a two bedroom apartment in Vancouver is $3,500 a month. So that's, that's average. Okay. So in the average one bedroom, I think is like, 27 or something like that so social housing is like fifteen hundred dollars a month well that's not i mean you got to have a pretty good job to be able to afford fifteen hundred that's not helping it that's not helping any homeless people there's no homeless person you know there are not very many homeless people who are going to be able to come up with fifteen hundred dollars a month or whatever you know so that's the other thing too is it just doesn't they say, oh, well, this is our solution. We, we, we've, we've got, you know, subsidized housing for you. And it's like, well, that's not realistic subsidized housing. And then, of course, there's also people who want to be unhoused. Like, they don't want to have a house. They want to live on the street or live with. But so what's wrong with that, too? Like, I don't know. It's, it's very yeah. confusing. Well, and I think the thing that frustrates me the most about a lot of these things is it's not like they tell them where to go. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean. Like they're just like you can't be here. Well, where can we go? Nowhere. You you, you can yeah. go nowhere. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna beat you up and take your tent down, and then it's okay. They're just gonna, and that's the other thing. Exactly what you said. They're just gonna come back. Like of course, like if you don't, and that's what I mean about you know there are ways of of fixing this issue. If you if you want to, or there are ways of helping these people out if you want to, but if you just go to someone and you know you rough them up a little bit and you tear down their tent, and then yeah, you they say okay, well where is an appropriate place for me to be? And they say yeah, find a house or whatever they say. I don't know. They're just gonna come back. They're just gonna come back to the the place you don't want them to be because they don't know where else to go. So right, it's where- you're not you're not solving anything. <laughs> No, they and I I don't think that that is even like a lot of times when this stuff happens you're like is that even the goal for them to like solve some kind of a problem or anything like that it, it is a really weird like it, it is a really weird thing where where they don't want them downtown is is yeah. the thing and the people in the suburbs like always talk about how they're afraid of downtown you know, so, so it's like, uh, they're, they generally, at least in Ohio, they're, they're legislating for downtown for the people in the suburbs. And it's like, well, we don't care about this. Like, it's not a, uh, it's not a big deal to us. We, we're not like, uh, we're not like, we're not afraid for our lives here. And, no. uh, that's the way I've, uh, that, that's the thing I've always said about it. God damn it. I'm trying to get into this web, this, you know how, like, I can't buy every paywall, John. 
And uh, I got a couple. I mean, you're trying. You're trying to buy paywalls. Trying trying to buy everything. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, mate. Maybe I do got it. I got it. Okay. Yeah. No paywall. This is from uh, the Daily Coast, and it's a few weeks ago, but we didn't really get to do any news stories on the uh, Last Basement show, and we don't do those on the Colin show. So we're gonna do a couple that I have uh, piled up over the few weeks, and this one was uh, pretty funny to me. And uh, it's funny to talk to a Canadian about this because I don't think this would be a big deal to you guys. Okay. Um, This month, Cracker Barrel launched a new menu item, plant-based sausage from Impossible. The vegan breakfast patty is in addition to the current menu, not a replacement for all sausage patties at the restaurant. And it's just food, may I remind you, not a political policy, not a bill from a lawmaker. It's a vegan sausage patty. But what happened next was an all-out culture war. We got into a fight about this is actually what what happened because, uh, you know, the (laughs) Cracker Barrel has a long history of racism. (laughs) Oh, like seriously, if you Google Cracker Barrel, there are like stories about them being racist. So obviously American conservatives love it to go. Right, right. You know, it's exciting. You know, all their politics are informed by like eating or burning stuff that they already own. (laughs) So sounds right. Instead, so. They, they were like, uh, well, Cracker Barrel posted the menu update on Facebook. The company might have expected a few grumpy followers to complain, which I don't even get that, that we're making allowances for psychos that would actually complain about it, you know, like uh, where we're like, yeah, a few people are going to get mad about this. And it's like, why? <laughs> well, yeah, it doesn't affect your life even at all, like not even at all. It's I so it's so wild. I mean, I almost, you read that sentence where it was like, it's not replacing any other menu item. That would be much more fun to me if it did. If Cracker Barrel came out and they were like, yeah, we're not going to do breakfast sausage anymore. Uh, it's bad for the environment. It's bad for you. Um, we are only serving impossible sausages from now on. That would be so much more fun than this. Oh, is. I know. <laughs> I mean, it is fun to me to freak out about it when it's oh. not that. You know what I mean? Oh, that's what I mean. It's like, how <laughs> could it pause? This literally does not affect you in any way whatsoever. Whatever you liked about Cracker Barrel is still there and happening. It's not, their politics are probably not really changing that much. Like, that's the thing that also, too, is so funny to me about getting mad about a vegan menu item or a vegetarian menu item or whatever. It's like Cracker Barrel is not doing this to make a stand. They're doing it to make money. That's what any business is doing at any given time. So you got to think to yourself, okay, enough people want this that even Cracker Barrel, my beloved white institution, capital W, white institution, is doing this. Like It's just enough people want this thing that that's the only reason they're doing it. They're not doing it to make a stand or to say, hey, we're leftist now or whatever these friggin' people think. <laughs> it's just, they're literally just doing it because they think they can make money by doing it. So you got to maybe wrap your head around the fact that it's really not anything to do with Cracker Barrel whatsoever, but the world around you. Although maybe that is what's making these people freak out because they don't want the world to change. Yeah, and it's like, 
I, I, do you like the impossible stuff? Do you do the impossible stuff? Uh, we do. We're more of a beyond household than an impossible household. I would say Becca's vegetarian. So my wife, um, so we do, yeah, we eat vegetarian pretty often around our place. Um, but I don't do like, I don't eat breakfast sausages or any of that anyway. Like, so we'll do beyond burgers. Like if Becca wants a burger, well, I don't care. I don't need, I'm not one of those like, oh, I have to have a meat burger if you're having a Beyond burger. Like I'll just have a Beyond with Becca. And I think they're, I think they taste good. Um, the sausages I don't really do. Um, but yeah, I don't have a, I don't have, you know, I have no issue with it. I eat vegetarian a lot because of her. And, and I mean, lots of vegetarian and vegan food is extremely good. So I don't, you know, it's not, it's not bothersome to me at all. And for the people who are listening that don't know John from Blocked Party or or the POD cast, he's got a he's got a uh, timid tummy. His tummy. I mean. <laughs> I'm a bit of a picky eater, I would say. And yes, I do also. I do also have a timid tummy. Both both are, both things are true. Um, but it is funny. Like I I dated so in university I dated a vegetarian, and that that probably would have been 2000 five or six so right around when you were feeling up the cables in the guy's house i was dating a, a vegetarian girl and it was it was so much different you know like there was it felt like at least in canada at that time it was still that sort of stigma of you know all vegetarian food sucks and tastes bad there weren't that many vegetarian or vegan restaurants in Vancouver. In fact, there were almost none. I mean, you you could go to like we would go for sushi a lot because that was sort of like the you know they always have like veggie rolls and that kind of thing. So that was kind of where we would go out for dinner a lot. But like it was way different. I was like, oh, I could never be a vegetarian. The food is horrible. There's not a lot of options now. It's like it's so easy. Like I've had so many extremely good vegetarian and vegan meals. We go out to, there's tons of vegetarian restaurants or there's great vegetarian options. When you go to restaurants, like it's changed so much and it's so easy to find good things to eat. Even if you are a picky eater or you have a timid tummy or any of the, like it just is not a thing like it used to be at least, at least here in Canada and maybe in Vancouver specifically, because I think, you know, Vancouver's kind of Canada's California or Canada's LA, as far as the sort of lifestyle type things go. I think the meltdown comes from them that like, yeah, I, you know, obviously where I live too, there's, there's vegan and vegetarian restaurants everywhere. And you know, if you're running a restaurant in my part of the city, uh, you have to have vegan options. You can't. Yeah. I mean, you can run a place without any vegan options, but it's a good idea if you want to serve because there's a lot more here. And I think the fact that Cracker Barrel is a place that's just off the highway, <laughs> you know, when you're traveling through America, Cracker Barrel is a suburban place that people go to. They go to breakfast. It's packed out every single Saturday and Sunday. And like, I think they're not used to seeing vegan options or vegetarian options. And I also think there is a difference to them between vegetarian and, and vegan in that I think they're maybe a little more okay with vegetarian yeah. than they are. Like vegan to them is like communist. Like you're basically decided you're a communist. Yeah, vegan. It's because of the way vegans are portrayed, right? It's like there is this sort of um, 
there's this sort of feeling that being vegan is like militant. Like there's yeah. some kind of, you know, it's like, it's the same way that those people would also use the word feminist, right? It's like feminist mm -hmm. automatically conjures up like, oh, like feminazi. Like that's what the people who don't like, who hate vegans in that way, it's the same kind of thing where they see like, you can just be a feminist and, and, you know, yeah, never go to a protest, never do any, like, never do any of the sort of organizing things that you might associate with communism. You can just be a guy and be a feminist and, or, or you can be anybody, you can be a person and be a feminist. And it's not inherently this like political thing. It's the same thing with being a vegan, but you're right. It is the way that like comedians joke about vegans or, um, you know, network television jokes about vegans and stuff like that. They have this idea in their head that vegans are these sort of like militant hippies that are out to like ruin their way of life. And so, yeah, I guess in that way, the impossible sausage becomes a sort of beacon for, oh, they're, you know, the lefties are taking over the world. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I like the impossible stuff. I don't like Beyond, John. I think uh, uh, okay. Beyond is gross. It tastes uh, like for me, Beyond is uh, uh, the classic like vegetarian meat substitute which okay. i don't know i i've never been able to like figure this out about myself i don't know why i'm okay eating a dead animal but a vegetarian meat substitute <laughs> gnarls me out like Ugh. <laughs> yeah no i mean i think it's just the way we grew up right like and it's funny like the whole beyond impossible thing is really where a lot of it comes from is that impossible got to Canada way later. So like we didn't have impossible burgers or sausages or anything up here for a long, like beyond was beyonds were probably in the market for at least a year before we got impossible, maybe more, maybe more. Um, and then the only like uh, it's changed now, but like for quite a while, the only fast food chain that had a that had a vegetarian burger, vegan burger was A and W, and A and W in Canada is way different than A and W in America. It's actually it's good. good. It's really good here. It's one of our best. It's it's probably our best fast food restaurant, uh, to be honest. Or it's it's certainly in the conversation. So A and W got Beyond Burgers also like really early in the game. Um, and so I think by default, Canada has just become a bit more beyond focused or related. So like Becca tasted the beyonds, loved it, loved that A&W had this option. It was like sort of the first fast food burger that she like truly was able to enjoy. And so then when Impossible came, I think it was just we were so used to beyond. It's not even that Impossible's bad. It just we had already sort of been ingratiated to the beyonds where we were just like okay this is what we're having so now i'm going to explain to you why i think impossible is maybe a little more successful in the united states sure and, and it was their initial push into it was their initial push into i believe it was burger king but burger even, king yeah the impossible whopper <clears throat> but even before burger king they had it at a few places out in like california and stuff like that and uh, the big selling point was that it it uh, looked like it had blood 
coming out of it. Like they put yes. something in. And we were just like, well, if there's blood, then it's got to be good. I remember like I, when uh, Beyond's thing, when they had their new and improved recipe, um, it was the, they tried to make it look like it had like fat in it, like little gristle pieces <laughs> in it. So like the Beyond Burger, start, the, if you get them now, they didn't used to, they used to just be all pink. But if you buy them now, they've got like little white flecks in it. And they, yeah. they're like, that's like, you know, that's what makes the burger better. It's got a little bit more of like a fatty, like quote unquote fatty texture. And you're right. Like when you break that down, that's that something's wrong in our brain where we're like, I need my, I need my vegan burger to bleed, baby. <laughs> yeah. I need you to make me believe this is a real animal that got killed. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to enjoy this I'm at gonna all. I'm going to hate this. I'm going to hate this unless I think an animal got hurt. Did you at least punch a cow when you made this for me? I don't have to kill it, but at least did it suffer a little bit? That would make it way better for me. Well, that is, I mean, like, I am not a vegetarian. I don't eat meat every day. Like, um, like I'm not that kind of an American guy that eats meat every day. I did for, God, I don't fucking know how long. That's how I know that there absolutely are people in, in, in the world that eat meat three times a day <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah my, my parents are definitely like growing up for me we were very much like a meat and potatoes family like that was at least three times a week our dinner was just strictly like some kind of dead animal potatoes and some veggie whether it's carrots <laughs> broccoli whatever and then, um, and then, yeah, and even if we didn't have like meat and potatoes, whatever we were eating had meat in it. It would be burgers or it would be stir fry or it would be, you know, whatever. And we never had a meal without meat. I mean, just simply never. You just didn't, that was not even in the, in the convo. And it's so funny how easy it is to just take it out of a lot of, like making a stir fry mm -hmm. with no meat or making a, this, you know, like it doesn't, things don't have to have a meat substitute. Like we eat vegetarian, obviously a lot because of Becca and it's, yeah, it's very, it's not hard I'll, to do. <laughs> I'll say the meal that blew my mind, John, like after, cause my wife is vegetarian too. H hasn't oh, been, okay. I mean, for several years she's been, yeah. uh, but you know, we first started dating. It was like, and for years, Dinner was, like you said, it, it was a piece of meat, maybe a pork chop or most of the time a chicken breast because like, you know, uh, that's a little better for you, sure. you know? Yep. Uh, so most of the time we'd have a chicken breast and then we would have a potato thing or macaroni and cheese or rice-a-roni okay, and then... Yep. Yep. had to have a biscuit, like some kind of biscuit or a roll or some kind of bread, and then just dump a canned vegetable in a, a thing and, and eat it. And this is how we're eating for, you know, years and years and years. And um, when she went vegetarian, I, I did too for like six months or something like that. I just couldn't fuck it. I, you know what? I need pepperoni. If they figure out fucking pepperoni, dude, I'm done with meat. I'm done. Yeah, I I've had pepperoni. some decent vegan pepperoni. I have not. I have there is a place in town called Donato's that I believe is now doing beyond pepperoni. Okay. And I think I'm gonna give that a chance. The problem is 
Donato's is a chain and it's, it's, you know, not as good as some of the local places. And I don't know why, but cheese pizza just, I just, I don't know, man, I can't eat it. I just, it doesn't, it's not, I don't like it. I don't like the feel. When I found out that New Yorkers like are like, yeah, I like a, a cheese pizza instead of pepperoni. I was New like, Yorkers, eh? Hey, I like a, a cheese a pizza, huh? <laughs> you like a, a cheese, you know, a New Yorker. I'll go to the Mets game. I get a, a cheese and a pizza. <laughs> I always, it's so hard when I check, because I can't do accents, John. And <laughs> I'm, sort of I'm so that. terrible at accents. But like, I, I like can't do New York. Like, on demand you know right. like i would have had to like, hear it first or like you gotta yeah i needed one second and and i didn't take that one second and then it just turns italian every fucking time with me because i just <laughs> feel like everybody in new york's italian I mean, and uh they, that's what <laughs> that maybe that's what they think as well i don't know but that's what that's so, what media would have me believe that everyone in new york and new jersey is italian so i just don't like like i i just cheese pizza wasn't good so i was just i'm i right. just the way that i broke there was pepperoni but i had realized when she went vet when we went vegetarian for that period of time and again i'm I, I probably eat meat once or twice a week. It's not like uh, uh, it's, it's not very much. Um, and I just remember eating pasta without meat in it and just being like, oh, yeah, you can do that. That's like a meal where you don't need meat. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I had just every fucking pasta I ever ate started with browning sausage and 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 uh, hamburger and then or ground beef and then pouring uh, uh, the sauce on and then, you know, putting it over the pasta. But I just, it had never occurred to me to like eat a burrito without meat or sauce sausage without meat. So, or I mean, I'm sorry, pizza without meat. I just, it never occurred to me at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's the thing too. That's like really helped Becca and probably other vegetarians too, is what vegetarianism like really needed, which I think is what they've nailed down in the last, 10 15 years is junk food it's like they really needed to nail down so it was like people associated being vegetarian with eating like awful bland meals and because that's the thing with meat right it's like a bad piece of meat still has flavor like as long as you cook it well you really you can just put salt and pepper on basically any meat and it tastes good. You don't have to have some elaborate marinade or rub or I mean obviously those things can make it taste even better, but you just throw salt and pepper on a steak or a chicken breast or a pork chop or whatever, they had taste good. You did you don't have to do anything to it. But if you're cooking vegetarian, you got to have, you know, a good sauce, a good this, a, you know, you got to prepare it in a way, in such a way. And I think what they've really nailed it's like, oh, yeah, vegetarian people also like want to eat shitty. Like it doesn't just because you're vegetarian doesn't necessarily mean that you want to just eat a salad for every single meal. Like and that's the thing I've realized, too, with with, you know, being with Becca and everything. It's like, yeah, when we were in Hawaii, we went to this food truck and we had like pulled like vegan pulled pork um and it was incredible like it was so good and probably like horrible for you but it tasted yeah. amazing and that's the thing fries are vegan if you cook them in peanut oil or vegetable oil or whatever like so you can have 
a side of fries and like a truly unhealthy sandwich, but it's vegetarian. And that's like kind of, you know, it's, that's how people eat mm-hmm. generally. So now that they've kind of figured that and desserts, they've really nailed down vegan desserts. You can get an amazing like flourless chocolate tort or something like there's a lot of very good vegan desserts you can make now too. So that was the key. I think once they nailed down like, oh, we can also do junk food like this, that it made it a lot easier. Yeah, I used to hang out with this this girl back in and right when I got out of high school. So it would have been like 1997, 98. Uh, she got me a job at the Bath and Body Works warehouse where I, I thought was you were just going to say Bath and Body Works. I, I, had no, I didn't have the look of well, I know that's why I had the, the brief vision of uh, like skinny dyed blonde hair eyebrow ring <laughs> Brian being like, have you tried our new Holly lavender? It's great for Christmas. <laughs> No, I got a job at the warehouse and uh, I was too stupid is like uh, she was a pick and pack, which yeah. is kind of a, you know, that's it's that's one thing. I was too stupid for that. So they made me a box maker. So I stood in the same place all day and just folded boxes non fucking stop and put them on a thing so that people could do the pick and pack because they thought i was gonna fuck it up but like uh she um and i'm not sure what she saw in 98 or or maybe she had been made to read a book in in high school or or i i don't really know but she decided you know something grossed her out and she was like I, i'm i just i can't eat meat anymore i'm a vegetarian and in 98 i was just like i don't know what you're gonna do man good luck you know <laughs> <laughs> he just like shook her hand oh see you see you later <laughs> well she did end up malnourished she she went to the hospital because she was uh malnourished because i mean her diet was french fries and candy there was like nothing she never ate anything except hard for to be French a vegetarian if you hate vegetables. That's a hard, uh, <laughs> it's a hard road to travel down. Well, I just don't think people were even trained to think like, yeah, the vegetables was the thing you dump out of the can and onto the plate. <laughs> you know, it was like no, such totally. a, it's like one sliver of your meal rather than like, like, like we would never have been like, you know, back then it was like, if you're a vegetarian, I'm like, oh, what do you just like open a can of peas and just eat that for dinner? That's like your whole yeah. dinner is peas because that's why I didn't go vegetarian. I hate peas. Um, so I want to read a couple of these comments real quick. Uh, here's the first one. I just lost respect for a once great Tennessee company. <laughs> like, Why? Why? Why does it bother you? I and just I also want- I love the idea of people who walk around with like respect levels for companies. <laughs> like I don't, th- you know what I mean? Like I don't think I ever, especially like big companies. Like maybe if it's like you know a local business or whatever, and you might say like, oh, I love patronizing their business or you know whatever. There's really good people that are whatever. But like a big corporate, like I love this idea that I walk around with like varying levels of respect for. for- <laughs> different businesses (laughs) that is exactly i didn't even think about like just the idea of respecting a place like cracker barrel which is just like a store that sells like rocking chairs and you can eat some food there like yeah 
It's insane. It's insane to think about that. Ah, you, they used to have all of my respect. They used to have a, all 100 of my respect points, but now they're down to 60. Like when they sing the Star Spangled Banner and what goes through there, because like, you know, I, what goes through my head is like bad stuff. I'm like, you know, yeah, this is like war and shit like that. When they sing it and they're running the montage and make having feelings for what happened, they're seeing like the soldiers storming the beach at Iwo Jima and like the Revolutionary War, the shot heard around the world and George Washington and then Cracker Barrel and fucking Walmart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the pillars of the pillars of America. Well, I think it's like, to me, I think you hit on the main difference there, right? It's like, it's like you think of war and you think of loss, right? Like you think of all the lives we lost and wow, that was really stupid to go to war all of those times and blah, blah, blah. And they think of war and they think of victory, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, a, this is, that's how, that's how America was founded. That's how we won it all, you know? And it's like, it's the same thing in Canada, right? It's like, I would say for us, it's less of a war history, but it's more of a colonial history. So it's like, mm -hmm. especially now, all this stuff in the last like 10, 20 years that we're, you know, learning more and more about how this nation treated indigenous people and all of that, you know, I think for me, yeah, when you hear the national anthem, I think of like our colonial past and how we have like truly ruined like an entire culture of people with the things that our government has done but then other people hear the anthem and they're just like god i love hockey oh, yeah. hockey's the best god I just just I remember when Sidney crosby scored the golden goal in 2010 oh canada baby let's go <laughs> well you're that's funny because like one of the things you you and for people that listen to march madness with uh you and stefan and me where we talked about don cherry it's mm -hmm. like yeah uh people think that like I mean, obviously, Canadians don't think this, but like in America, a lot of people think, first of all, they think, you know, I mean, you guys are pussies. But secondly, <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing we think of all of you. But after that, it's like we think of you as like the intelligent kind of uh, uh, you're the you're the left wing caring neighbor. And yeah. uh, the thing that blew my mind when we did that episode of March Madness was when you talked about how they did a 100 greatest Canadians of all time. And all that made me want to do is the America. I would love to see what the greatest Americans. Can you also imagine, though, like imagine NBC because it was our national broadcasting corporation, the CBC that did it. Imagine NBC ran like a 12 week special series on the 100 greatest Americans. Could yeah. you imagine how many people would lose their motherfucking mind about who's ranked? You think Ben Franklin was better than Teddy Roosevelt? Like it would just be, it would be nuts. Like at least in Canada, we're just sort of like, ah, yeah, who cares? And then, yeah, like Don Cherry was rated ahead of Wayne Gretzky. So the guy who <laughs> talked about, like even like even putting aside the fact that Don Cherry was ranked number six, um, which is absurd, even putting aside that, it was like the number one rated hockey player was Wayne Gretzky at number 10, and Don Cherry was at number six. Don Cherry talks about hockey. Wayne Gretzky plays 
hockey. Like it doesn't make it just makes no sense. It's insane. It would be like ranking Bob Costas above LeBron James. Like it doesn't. It makes no sense. Well, that's anyway. why I want to. And also, uh, uh, Don Cherry beat the guy that invented insulin, right? Like yes. that was Frederick Banting. That's what I mean. Even aside from people who did like real, actual good shit. It's the it's the fact that like you even boil it down. He could he even beat the best hockey player, and all Don Cherry does is talk about hockey. And so anyway, yeah, the whole list is just fucking. Was I mean, what would, what's funny is if we did it in America, I would over under like twenty fictional characters would also be in it. You know, maybe like yeah, four Ica, cartoons. Ichabod Crane, Ichabod Crane's like number twelve, and uh, to, <laughs> Tom and Jerry tie at fifty-five. Bugs Bunny's in there at forty-one. He's so wise. Bugs yeah. Bunny's so wise. The Three He's Stooges, so yeah, take up yeah. three spots. Yeah, they just have them in a row. They're ninety-seven, <laughs> ninety-six, and ninety-five. <laughs> yeah, I it's just, like it is so funny. But it's that's the thing, though, Bri, is exactly what you're kind of hitting on is that. A lot of people don't realize that Canada is really not like that at all. I mean, Canada's very centrist, like leaning right. Um, and so there's this, yeah, there is this mentality that, oh, Canadians are, you know, we're not racist and we're not this and we're not, you know, it's like, no, we're all of those things. We have a very troubled past, just like America, where there's a long standing white history in this country that's very troubling. Um, and I think that's what Don Cherry represents for people, right? Like he's a conservative old white guy who talks about hockey, but loves the military. Um, and, you know, that was like people identified with that. And that, that speaks to kind of the fabric of this country. It's not maybe we're left leaning in comparison to American politics, but like overall on a true political spectrum, we're, n we're nowhere near that, you know? And so it's uh yeah it is interesting to me and i think too right like probably for you the only canadians you know are people that you know from like the podcasting sphere who are all like left-leaning and share a lot of the same politics that you do so it's easy to think of like oh wow okay all the all canadians are like this but it's uh yeah our, our country has i would say just as much to reckon with in our history as as America does for sure. And, and still, and still ongoing, of course. Well, one of the funny, one of the funny things you just said there that got me thinking is that like, I mean, people in America think America's left wing. Well, that's also, that's also <laughs> There's true. like yeah, tons yeah. of people who are like, we're a left leaning country, I guess, <laughs> you know? Yeah. They, the cracker barrel has impossible sausages. <laughs> you can't tell me we're not a left wing country. Yeah. We're leaning left. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, because uh, conservatives think we live in communism yeah because yeah. of and and like when you really sit down and and like try to figure out why your head just wants to explode there's there's no way to figure out why there's a group of people who think this country is anything other than like extremely right wing like in a way that like canada looks like the soviet union Yes, totally. Compared to here. And like, you guys haven't got, you guys have like a while. I feel like you guys have a while until you, I mean, you did have Rob Ford and then uh -huh. Doug Ford won an election after it, right? Like it's, yeah. Or it's and Doug Ford's around. in a, no, Doug Ford's in a much bigger position of power. Like Rob Ford <laughs> was just the mayor of Toronto. 
Doug Ford is the premier of Ontario. So he's basically like the governor of Ontario. So like, so he's in an even more powerful position and he's as dumb as his brother. And it's just like, it's crazy. And that's right there. You explained it just right there. The fact that Canada's largest province would elect as its governor, ultra conservative brother of crack smoking mayor, Rob Ford. Like it, it just makes no sense. It would be like Rudy Giuliani's worst brother after he was America's mayor or what? And now we know Rudy Giuliani obviously is like a complete yeah. ghoul himself, but like imagine at the time, you know, or sorry, Rudy Giuliani starts to become a bit of a ghoul. And then we, they elect his worst brother to run all of New York and not just be the mayor of New York city. Like it's just bizarre. Right. And, and it's, it is, it's funny because like you guys, I still think 10 years, maybe 20 years away from like the real psycho prime minister you know what i mean oh, I, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's coming. you gotta see it coming because you sit you look at the united states and you're like okay so jesse ventura was a governor like you can arnold fucking, schwarzenegger right you can find trump you can read now when you look back on this stuff you're like fuck yeah yeah we should have probably seen trump becoming president yeah jesse the the body ventura was the governor yeah yeah no for sure and it, the pro the thing is that's funny is like we arguably had ha- kind of had that i mean not trump obviously but like stephen harper the prime minister before justin trudeau was like a wildly conservative like asshole who just like you know it was he was a real but but he was more of a sort of almost more like maybe a bush type like a sort Mm -hmm. of a career politician type it wasn't he wasn't unhinged like trump or anything but we had yeah we had a very conservative leader in charge of this country and he ran he did two terms or maybe three but he was in charge for a long time um and so yeah so and and justin trudeau i mean he's not i mean yeah he's the leader of the liberal party but i mean he's not He's not ultra liberal either. So, I mean, it's just, yeah, Canada, it's, it's coming down the pipe for us for sure. I don't know what, I don't know who it's going to be, but like the thing is 10 years ago, Don Cherry could have run for prime minister and probably could have won. So that, that would have been your Donald Trump as like, and they have the same first name, Donald. So it's like, we could have had our own Donald. We were, we were really close, but luckily hockey night in Canada paid Don Cherry too much money where he was like, "I, I can't get into politics. Right. And it is it. You're right in that. Like, I I am watching it. It, it, it. It's funny because like I I'm sure most people in Canada don't have the the don't think it's going to happen there because, oh, you know, it's a little bit sophisticated. It's a little bit more sophisticated up here because I'm sure there are a lot of like mainstream Canadians that believe the same thing that mainstream Americans believe about Canada. Ah, oh, we're a little more sophisticated. You know, we're not going to let that happen up here. Mm-hmm. And oh yeah, definitely. I just think like nothing's uh, after Trump. I just don't think anything's out of the question. I think that I think the Rock's going to be the president of the United States. I. I know people say it as a joke now. Oh, they, uh, the rock is going to be the president of the United States. I really think the rock's going to be the president of the United States. I, the only question is which party he's going to run under because like we just, I don't think we even the, the thing about, you know, that's the dumb thing about conservatives 
also is that like i mean they get a lot more done when they have a guy like bush than they do with a guy like donald trump because the 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 politeness and the niceness of the whole thing and following procedure and and doing all the things you're supposed to do that has people let you do the things that you want to do because you're not fucking crazy like mm -hmm. like trump was nuts and he would just say shit and then not do it bush seemed like he he didn't seem like he knew what he was doing so much like he had been you know kind of people thought he was a dumb guy and that's what he how he got away with a lot of stuff is that people just thought he was dumb but he still and, seemed like a politician right like yes. he didn't he didn't see it was like oh bush sucks and gore would have been better but he still is like he's gonna know what to do like he knows how to run a country kind of thing, yes you know whereas he's been like Trump, planning He's been planning his his dad was president he's been he's been the governor of texas he's been in politics forever like that so that kind of you know he had that going for him the one thing canada has that is at least somewhat helpful is like the parliamentary system is a lot different than the senate mm -hmm. so like if we did have a trump but the opposition in parliament was really strong which happens pretty often canada's almost always a minority government's very rare that they win a majority um, if it's a minority government, then the House would be able to control a sort of Trump type figure in a way that like the Senate probably would not or the House of Congress or yeah, I don't just wouldn't want to. Yeah, they just, yeah, they just would be they like, oh, whatever. Yeah, who cares? Do what you want. But yeah, so like in Canada, because that's the thing, we have more than two parties, right? So it's like the, the, the person who wins the government, the, who, who takes over the party that takes over could win with like 35% of the popular vote or 30% of the popular vote. And so that means, or like 30% of the seats in government. So that still means they had the most seats, but the other parties total like 60% of the seats, you know? Yeah. So they, so if they all band together against the leader, then the leader can't do anything. So there is at least that maybe protection if we had, I mean, we just don't have like a, the rock. We don't have a, uh, we, Canada doesn't have a star system. So we don't have like a beloved celebrity that we could plug into the office to run our country into the ground. Like, I don't know. We'd have to have like, maybe Jerry D could be, but he wouldn't, he's a, he's a nice guy. So he, he probably mean, wouldn't have an issue, but. John, Canada's rock is the rock. Yeah, and the, the Rock should China's be our prime minister. And... Yeah, he played in the <laughs> CFL. We'll take him if he loses the presidential race. Bring him he up won't. to Canada, and he can be our prime minister. I just don't think he will. And and I think it's funny that, like, in my mind, it's like, uh, in my in my mind, it's like, how do you? I I mean, a wrestler will never be the president of the United States. Like, of you know seven years ago or whatever i would have said there's no fucking possible way a, a wrestler could be the president and now in my mind i'm just like i mean there's no way we're not gonna have a wrestler as the president <laughs> you're like the next election is could be the rock versus john cena yeah. to, be, to, be the, to be the president yeah in a ladder match there's it. no voting there's just it's just a ladder match winner is the president uh the, that would be really funny, actually. Just have like the Declaration of Independence hanging above the ring, and it's just whoever can uh, can get I, can get to it first. 
I mean, in the previous sort of uh, 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 iteration of wrestling, we're not talking about like the modern stuff because I, I don't think those people are are trained the same way or or like come up the same way. But if you're looking at like the Rocks era or before, I I really think that like the way that they came up in the business and the way that the business worked at the time made them very fucking like suited to win elections in the United States. Yeah. <laughs> like when they had to like, you know, protect the business in public and shit like that, like all that stuff, like that's what suits them to doing it. I think that's why Trump won. I, I mean, I've, I, you know, we read the stuff that says that like one of the main part times that made Trump think he could be something in politics was when he was on WrestleMania and was like the whole crowd's like chanting his name and is like really excited for him and he's playing along and he's part of the thing and come to find out uh when they signed the contract for that Trump put a clause because it was a hair versus hair match right yeah, so yeah. It was uh, uh, one guy was wrestling for Vince, one guy was wrestling for Trump, and it was a hair versus hair match. And uh, in the contract, Trump had them put, he will not get his head shaved even if his wrestler dies in the ring. <laughs> Fucking swear. <laughs> in the contract, he said, if my wrestler dies in the ring, I still will not cut my hair. So it's like, <laughs> I, would, I don't like to think of Bobby Lashley dying or anything like that, but I do like to think about how they get out of that. The, like, the, the wrestler lays down and rolls the other guy's dead body on top of him for the three count. <laughs> yeah. It's something. I don't know, but I thought that was hilarious because that really pairs well with uh, when Vince got in his van and in his limo right before the uh, uh, Chris Benoit thing and the limo blew up, Trump called to see if he was okay. Like, that was the other thing that was like, yeah, Trump right. is... Wow, he doesn't get it. Wild guy. So I want to do this one last thing here, John. This is, yep. this is a Columbus story. And uh, I just, I'm trying to help people. I'm not going to read all of the information. Our listeners won't snitch, but I just, uh, this is like a little helpful thing I can give you. Um, police are on the hunt for thieves using a checkout scam to steal Lego sets. This morning. <laughs> You're saying cool this is in Columbus. Yes. Yeah. It's not me. I didn't thieves, fucking do it. Thieves, yeah, uh huh. It is. It is funny that they said thieves, but it, it's called a checkout scam. I I think like there needs to be like a new word for uh, uh, thieves if they pay. Like they're still paying for it. So yeah. Th the way this works is uh, this morning, Columbus police solicited the public's help to identify a pair of thieves who stole multiple Lego sets from Meyer located at 1661 Hilliard Rome Road in Hilliard. It was not specified when the incident occurred, but police said that two people used fake barcodes that allowed them to purchase multiple high value Lego sets for only 99 cents each. So the uh, they said it's not an isolated incident, and and the police give all their information, so you can call the police. But I just wanted to say, like, somebody get me one of these ninety nine cent 
you know, how I was going to say, have you been buying, have you been buying uh, Legos off of like Craigslist or anything like that? You may, you may have, uh, you may have been supporting this black market operation, Brian. No, because they were specifically stealing Star Wars sets. Oh, and, you know, uh, Star Wars guy. yeah, I don't build Star. Well, I've seen all the Star Wars. Like, uh, uh, but I don't build Star Wars Lego sets. I feel like if somebody walked in my house and saw a Star Wars Lego set, they'd make fun of me. So, right. But if they saw like an Atari Lego set, they wouldn't. That one's fresh, though. That is a sweet looking or the Nintendo one or the uh, Optimus Prime. But, you know, when it's like, oh, you know, Optimus Prime, you know, I'm going to make fun of you for that. It's like, well, did you know it transforms into a truck? So, so it's a truck. It's a truck, yeah. bitch. Don't don't tell don't tell yeah. me it's lame. Yeah, or the uh uh what's the uh uh the question mark box for Nintendo? Yeah, yeah like yeah. that stuff's cool to me, I think. Uh no, no, it is cool. I'm just I'm just bugging you. I just <laughs> I just think there there would be people who would think that Lego is dumb no matter what. So it's like whether you build the Millennium Falcon or or a Nintendo question box, they'd just be like, Oh, you're a grown man that builds Legos, that's lame as shit. But they're 18 and up. So it's not so, okay, even that so, bad. I mean, and Meyer has bad Lego sets too, you know, because I've gone there to look for Legos and they only have like the uh, kids ones, the, oh, the you know, up to like 10 years old or whatever. Oh, they don't, I mean, we're not, we weren't screwing around with that. And they don't care about A Falls. That uh, stands for adult fan of Lego. Um, oh, okay. I didn't know there was a full, I didn't know there was a full acronym. You can go to the Lego A full section on the website to look for your A, your Legos, A F O L. Alt fan of Lego. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I got to get, get you a shirt that says that on it. Nope. I would not ever wear that. I don't, I don't agree with you. I think, I think house. you would. Maybe I think you I would. would wear that. I think you, would I mean, you have, don't you have a Lego shirt? I feel like I've seen you wear a Lego shirt. No, but I wear uh, what's that? I wear a, a shirt with Deadpool smoking weed on it. That well, says yeah, just I know that. It. So, I mean, I probably would wear a Lego shirt. If it was I like have a, a cool Lego shirt. I feel like you would wear it. I have a skanking pickle Rick. Actually, I did chicken out on the Lego Adidas shoes, John. Oh, uh, I actually thought those were pretty sick looking. I, yeah, I, thought, I had them. In my I hand. thought the whole. The whole Lego Adidas line I liked. There was a hoodie I really liked too. It was like the sort of rainbow colored kind of one. And I thought it looked awesome. But I don't I'm not an A fool, so I didn't want to be like a poser and wear the, you know, wear the Lego stuff around and then have people be like, Oh, what's your favorite set? And then I'd have to be like, Oh, I don't know. I bought the shoe, the Lego Adidas shoe. I have that in my it's oh, like, like my living to put room. like to put it together, you mean? It's a shell toe. Yeah, right. But I oh, I think I remember you were putting that together one time when we were doing POD cast, I think, because I feel like I saw that. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. Um, but OK, so if anybody can figure out how to help me steal or if you're stealing the Legos in Columbus, <laughs> get in touch. You want to you, you get a set that I'm into, get in touch with me and I'll buy it off you cheap. I am selling my Legos now. Like I put them together. Katie takes them apart. And then uh, I sell them on Twitter. So I don't get any, you know, eBay doesn't take any money out or anything like yeah. that. And, what do you, uh, what's a typical like markdown on something that you've put together? Like, what are you, what are you, what are you able to get for it? I mean, people want to pay me. Like I'm like the wrong kind of person to ask for it. Cause like one guy wanted me to, when I, I sold the, um, what's it called? I sold the Lego Ecto one. 
mm -hmm. uh, from Ghostbusters for what I paid for it. Oh, the guy okay. wanted my wanted me to sign it, so I signed it. And that's uh, nice. I said this on Sunday. It said, "I you just made this worth less, Brian Quinby." <laughs> that was Very my good. that my Very signature, good. and like uh, um, yeah. So I I recently bought uh the Hubble telescope and a the space shuttle discovery mm -hmm. and you know i i think space is bullshit i don't like <laughs> really care about it you know yeah yeah, yeah. What, what are we doing up there there's nothing up there literally nothing up there it's called space and uh so i bought that and um i only bought that to sell it so currently I'm putting it together. And as soon as I finish, I'm going to walk it over to the living room to Katie and say, take it apart and sell it. Cause I know that, you know, people on Twitter would want that, one. that like I saw it and I was like, oh, they'll love this. And then I'll sell it and probably get the same amount. I mean, the resale value on Legos is weirdly like almost exactly the same as, as retail. I mean, it makes sense, right? As long as all the pieces are there, it's not like there's any wear and tear or damage on the thing. Like it, it makes sense that if you bought it for, you know, 200 bucks, you could sell it for 180 or 160 or whatever. Or, I mean, I guess in your case, if you sign it, you can sell it for 200, but. And Jesse, Jesse Farrar's always fucking busted my balls. And, and Brett has done this too, because I want the Lego Titanic. Oh yeah, we had uh, we had Caitlin Durante on uh, Blocked Party, and she had put it together just before um, she came on the show. So um, she told us all about it and said it was amazing to put it's together. Seven hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, I know it's super expensive. And so Jesse's always like, "What if you just saved money that you're spending on Legos every month, and then bought it when you get the money?" I was like, "Well, number one." I I don't I, I I can't express to you how I can't save money. Yeah, no, I, am, uh, I think feel like Jesse should know you better than that. He does. He does. <laughs> I mean, he knows I'm. He knows how bad I am. I mean, he he yells at me for my. I mean, my money. Yeah. Uh, oh oh. By the way, for people that listen to the Colin show too, Jesse uh, did DM me and say that he thought it was funny that I called him Hank Hill. So. Uh, oh, I, why I were said, people saying that he was going to be mad about that? Well, I thought he might be mad. I just said he, oh. he reminds me of Hank Hill. <laughs> well, I think that's that's a compliment, probably. Sure. Yeah. Well, Hank Hill's a little weird, though. You know, he's a conservative guy. And, what, and, Jesse, Jesse, and, yeah. and Jesse's not weird? No, not at all. Well, John, again, I'm soliciting for these 99-cent Legos. Uh, I will pay half retail for the stolen Legos. Mm -hmm. And uh, if it helps you to believe that I'm getting them for my kid, then I'm getting them for my kid that is almost <laughs> 18 years old <laughs> and hates and hates Lego. She does not. She sometimes will sit across from me. She just has to have a set that she's like invested in, you know, gotcha. like she likes the, the succulents and the plant sets and shit. So, gotcha. um, well, that, that is street fight for the week. I will see you all on Sunday for the call in show. And John, Obviously, John Cullen, uh, you're the best. And uh, tell people where to find you. 
Uh, well, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, a true honor to be on Street Fight Radio. Uh, hopefully, I didn't disappoint your listeners with my nah. Canadian with my Canadian viewpoints. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned, uh, you and I have a podcast together. So if you're a fan of Street Fight and you somehow don't listen to this pod, well, I mean, I understand if you don't listen to it, if you don't like new metal, but if you do like new metal or you just like listening to Brian talk, both of which are great things, uh, the POD cast, we review a classic new metal album every single month. Uh, we're at the POD underscore cast on Twitter. We spell cast with a K like the band Corn. I also host Blocked Party with Stefan Heck. It's a show, very fun show. Every week we have a guest on to talk about a time they got blocked on social media. We've had both Brian and Brett on the show multiple times. So if you're looking for an entry point, uh, that's a, a good place to start. And then you can follow me on Twitter at Cullen McConnell. All right. And uh, we'll see y'all Sunday. Thanks, John. Peace. Thanks, buddy. Find your way back. Find your way.